Lars, thank you very much for speaking to ATP Podcast. Thank you. We're very welcome. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you got started in tennis coaching. Well, actually, uh, I, I used to be a circus artist myself. I was uh, performing uh, until I was 40. And uh, when I stopped, we had a kid. Um, I started picking up tennis again. I was playing tennis on a decent level until I was uh, 18. So uh, I started picking up my own tennis and uh, the local club in which I was uh, asked me if I could do some coaching there. And that's how it started. And I mean, it just one step took the next. And uh, after a few years, I was head coach in uh, some, some pretty big clubs in Denmark. Well, so that that's opens up so many questions. A circus <laughs> artist. So tell me a little bit about that. When did you start performing? Well, I, I was inspired when I was a kid. My neighbors were artists as well. Uh, but uh, I started it at when I was uh, like 18, 19. I, I started and, and then in the beginning it was more like a hobby thing. And I was performing on, on the streets around Europe. And uh, But then I... Acquainted, was acquainted with a very good uh, former artist who was a hand balancing act and uh, I was like working with him for uh, many years and uh, he taught me a lot of stuff so uh, slowly I, I developed into circus artist and uh, I was working in circuses for like 13 years circuses and varieties around Europe <laughs> and so you did a lot of traveling I did a lot of traveling and uh, to be quite honest, uh, the life as a professional artist is so similar as the life as a professional athlete. What was your particular speciality? So I started doing juggling and unicycle and slack rope walking and eventually I became uh, an acrobat. So I was doing a tumbling act uh, called a cascader act where uh, everything was going wrong. So it's like half stunts, half acrobatics and... My speciality was jumping on hands, so uh, I was doing a lot of uh, one-arm jumping and stuff like that. How many hours a week were you devoting to that? Well, it was a full-time job. It was a full-time job. I, I was doing nothing else. I, I, I practiced like five to eight hours every day, and uh, yeah, that's what I did. Um, so when you were younger, you obviously had the opportunity to meet your neighbors, and that inspired you, but were you limber? Were you supple? Why did you feel like you could go into that route? Well... I was uh, when I finished high school. I, I started traveling a bit, and uh, when I was traveling, I, I was uh, also inspired by a lot of those uh, street artists who was traveling around Europe and uh, doing quite a good living and uh, having fun like that. And I thought, okay, if they can do that, I, I can do that for sure. So uh, I just started started working on it, you know, and uh, and build up something that I could could uh, travel around and uh, entertain with and. And that's, that's how it started originally. You make it sound so normal, but most people wouldn't have the flexibility to be able to do something like that. So what was special about you? Well, I, I've been, always been doing a lot of sports. You know, as I told you, I was uh, playing tennis on a decent level until I was 18. I was doing gymnastics. I was doing handball. I was doing athletics. I was doing all kinds of sports when I was young. So uh, and I, I could do good handstands. I could do the flips and, uh, and somersaults and stuff like that as a kid. So... Uh, when I, when I started doing it with the purpose of being a professional athlete uh, or a professional artist, it was uh, not something that came overnight, but it came pretty, pretty easy to me. I had to work hard, but uh, yeah. When you're a circus performer, you have to love the performing. So you're a bit of an outgoing person, are you, naturally? No, naturally, I would say I'm a pretty introvert person, but uh, when, when I perform, uh, there's a side of me that, that wants to, to entertain. And uh, I mean... In that situation, I, I was uh, pretty comfortable. When you were younger, what did you think you would be when you were growing up? 
Well, I don't know. I never had a special idea about what I wanted to be. So when I was young, you know, I, I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world. And uh, I mean, I got inspired by specific different things, you know, and, and uh, yeah. It's, it's, I never had a plan for my life or uh, never had a dream of becoming something special. I mean, exactly like it is with the coaching, it's one step took the next and now I'm here on the ATP Tour. So let's talk about your tennis career. You said you were a pretty good tennis player. How good were you? Did you ever play professional? Did you play on the satellites? No, I was a decent uh, player on, on the national level. And uh, I, was, uh, I was in England, actually. I had an English coach, so uh, we traveled to Ilkley every sum summer to, uh, to play some tournaments there when I was young. Um, but no, I never played uh, international, and 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 I was not even a, around the ten best in Denmark. I, I was uh, I was a decent player, but uh, nothing nothing special. Nothing special now. And then, so you were you were talking about a friend asking you to come and coach at the club. Um, what club was it, and uh, why did you think that maybe you know a professional coaching career would be in your future? Well, uh, it was uh, the local club. I'm from Elsinore, which is up uh, the northern part of Sealand, uh, close to Sweden. And um, we have a nice club up there. That was where I played when I was a junior. And um, I started playing some team matches. And uh, and like every club in Denmark, they always needed coaches to, to help out. And uh, and that's when I started, you know. And, and I never had the idea of, about going far with my coaching and like, like uh, being uh, on the tour. But um, I was pretty ambitious with what I did. So... Uh, <laughs> pretty fast you know I, I became head coaches in uh, some pretty big clubs in Denmark and uh, and I was very ambitious with with my teaching so uh, when, when I started you know I wanted the kids to, to develop as good as possible so so I was into elite uh, training from the beginning but uh, it, it's hard in Denmark because they don't have a tradition for elite tennis uh, so I got fired uh, on the way so uh, after after I got fired I just decided that I wanted to work only with the kids who really wanted to, to, to do something special and that's what I've been doing ever since. All great people have had failures in their life it sounds like when you got fired what did you learn from that uh, failure? Well uh, it's I learned that it's really, really hard to make everybody satisfied. So uh, when you're a head head coach in, in a big club, you know you you want to be there for uh, for the lead. You want to be there for uh, for recreational players. You want to be there for every level in the club, and and you want to be make a good thing for everybody. But nobody, nobody's by the end of the day, you can work as hard as you want to, but nobody's gonna thank you. They're, they're just gonna fire you <laughs> by the end of the day because uh, someone, somebody in the board, you know, uh, pissed with what you're doing. So I learned, you know, that I had to, had to go the way that I felt right. And what I felt right was working with the kids who, who really wanted to, to become good players. You're a very technical coach, I believe. Why is that so important? I was always, uh, always uh, very interested in biomechanics and that I think it came from uh, my acrobatic career as well, you know, because uh, biomechanics is such an important thing. And uh, when, uh, when I started coaching, I got very much into biomechanics and I tried to develop a system of uh, developing uh, young kids. So, uh, so it was not like, oh, today, what are we going to do today? Oh, we're just going to play some points. But I had a system, you know, that we work from this point to this so I have development steps for, for every age group and uh, every 
every part of the, of the way to 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 mastering the tennis and uh, for me that was uh, very beneficial for for my teaching because it was so so much easier to to make make a day that that makes sense to me and made sense to the kids and what i feel you know is like uh, kids want to learn they just don't want to they don't just want to be entertained entertained they want to learn something and for me that made perfect sense you know to to build a system and uh, and and working on uh, on biomechanics and when the kids have really good biomechanics uh, as youngsters they can get higher so much quicker can't they instead of reaching a plateau and getting frustrated just because their strokes are wrong yeah i mean that's that's uh, for me that's the main thing you know you, you should develop their balance and their uh, stroke mechanics very early because if there are limits in, in those two things uh, you know they're going to reach a certain level and, and they're just going to plateau there it's not going to be possible to take them any further so uh, for me it's so important you know working on on these things from the very beginning and uh, and building sound sound stroke mechanics and uh, sound footwork and uh, balance and yeah working on the body as well you know so the athletic part and having good fundamentals, I presume, also leads to a healthier career as opposed to getting injured because something's technically wrong. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. It's, it's so important, you know. And and you'll see with all the kids that you work on, you know, along the way there will come something. You see oh, now they're suffering a little bit there. They're having uh, problems, uh, physical problems here and there. And, I mean, if you're a good coach, you you detect what's the problem, what is causing these problems, and you fix the problem before it becomes an issue. And, and that's what I've been trying to look into all, all the way through. And Denmark has two fantastic young players in Clara Talson and Holger Uhn, and you've worked with both of them. Is there anyone else coming below them that you see is going to be incredible in the future? It's really hard to say. There are a few very young kids. Uh, I've worked with some of them. But uh, obviously, I'm not very much at home anymore, so uh, I, I can't really look after them. So, uh, but there's like a little girl who, who might have potential. But I mean, she's still like 10 years old. There's so far, to, far to go. But, uh, but you know, there's a lot of things uh, being being in, into that. You know, you have to have a good coach. You have to really want it. But, but the whole family around the kids, they they have to support it from the beginning and and. It's pretty rare that you see these setups that, that could work on the long run. It's definitely a marathon, isn't it, a sprint? And sort of getting to the top level seems to be a bit of a lottery where you have to get everything right and you have to meet the right people like you. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's a, it's a lottery and, and, you know, you have to be lucky sometimes to, uh, to, to take the right decisions and to meet the right people at the right time. And, uh, I, I mean, it's a lot about decision-making also, you know, as a parent and... Uh, from from the beginning you know I, I think it's when you're from a small country like Denmark it, it's so important that you start pretty early to work internationally and that you have a clear idea about what should your level should be in Denmark compared to what the level is uh, internationally so if you're from Denmark when you're under 12 you should be the best under 14 in Denmark then you have a chance to compete internationally under 12 so there are a lot of things you know you have to have a a good understanding of what's going on you know and, and that you really have to test yourself all the way through you have to go out you know and under 12 tour and you have to go to the best tournaments and and see the big skits but because that's what i see right now is that on the way you know with the holger and with clara you know it's the same people that's going all the way through you know there might be a hundred kids and uh, but 10 of them they're still there you know like uh, 10 years later so uh, and you have to compete with these kids to to be on the train to the right spot 
Do you think it's important for players in Denmark, given the weather, that they do move to Spain, a lot of France, some to the United States, and go and train there? No, actually, I don't think that's uh, that's important part. I think the important part is to find a, a way where you can travel and play the tournaments, get inspiration, and uh, find out where you are, what, what your level is. Go back home and work again at home, you know, and then go out again. So I don't think taking the kids out of their environment and going to Spain or to America, whatever, I don't think that is a solution for for minor countries like Denmark or or England, for instance. But uh, no, I think uh, coming out, getting in the inspiration is, is the more, most important thing. Do you spend a lot of time looking at your players' performance off the court as you do on it, i.e. the work they're doing in the gym and working with physios? Yeah, I would say, you know, when, when he was younger, it was uh, it was most technical stuff, you know, and by, by the time they grow older, you have to put more and more time into the fitness training and... Uh, what, what I would say that right now it's like a 50-50 thing, you know, I think we, we, we do the same amount of time off-court uh, doing uh, fitness training and uh, treatment and uh, talking about matches, watching matches as we do on court, so uh, yeah, and I'm taking care of everything. And just finally, um, you spent a lot of time traveling Europe, you said as a circus performer, now you're traveling the globe as a tennis coach, does it ever get old? Well, I've been traveling the most of my most of my life, obviously. So uh, since I was 18, I think like I've spent like 10 months abroad, uh, almost every year since then. And uh, for me, it's 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 just part of my life. You know, sometimes I, I would like to spend a little bit more time at home with my family, but but then again, you know, I'm home, and after a few days, I'll get bored. So uh, so for me, it's it's actually it's a nice thing, you know, traveling around and uh, and being on the tour. So. Uh, I've lived like that for, uh, yeah, 30 years now or, or even more, so almost 40 years. Lars Christensen, it's been absolutely fabulous uh, to talk to you. I can't believe you're a circus performer. That's, I think you're probably the first tennis coach on the ATP Tour that's been a circus performer. So thank you very I much for so. your time. I guess so. You're so welcome. Bye.